and welcome to episode two of a podcast from We Can, which is a wellbeing hub brought to you by I Can Health and Fitness and kindly supported by Cumbria Community Foundation. My name's Jenna Sutherland and I'm wellbeing coordinator at We Can in Carlisle, as well as your host today. And I'm excited to be able to introduce our special guest today, Dr. Venetia Young. Hello, Venetia. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you? Yep, I certainly will. Um, I'm a retired GP and a retired family therapist. I've worked in adult mental health for quite some time and also a safeguarding doctor. So you'd think I'd just stop there, but I've carried on being interested in the community and getting some of the ideas that my patients told me about worked um, out there. Yeah, brilliant. And today we're really wanting to touch on the topic of stress, which I think we're all familiar with. Um, We all have periods of our life where we're affected by stress and whether that be job-related, family-related, children-related, it's something that we all struggle with at some point day-to-day. But I know that it can be much more serious and affect people in a much more serious way, so we're just going to have a chat about that today. Yeah, so what you say is it's really quite normal to feel stressed at certain times of your life Mm -hmm. because so much happens in families, you know, bereavements, um, moving house, going to different schools. There's so so much that goes on that actually to feel stressed is normal. Mm-hmm. But it's important to recognise the symptoms and yeah. get on with them. Uh-huh. Do you think that people often present in a GP surgery with physical symptoms or do people generally know that they're stressed? Do they come in and say, I'm feeling stressed or no. is there other symptoms that they're struggling with? No, people will come in with a, a variety of symptoms. So palpitations is one. Yeah. Um, Indigestion is another, so increased acid production, mm-hmm. um, sweating, um, headaches, um, osteoarthritis, joint pains. They'll come in with all sorts of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> every condition has an emotional component. It's not as though you're odd. Mm-hmm. Um, reacting with stress and producing physical symptoms. Yeah, it's familiar for me. There was um, a time late last year that I, I went to the, my GP because um, I was having palpitations and my dad had recently had a heart attack so it had been a couple of months before this day I was sitting in my GP um, and so instantly I thought it was maybe some sort of hereditary family thing and I was going to have a heart attack and you know I said all this to my GP and um, you know he sort of nodded and knowingly said um, he thought I was probably struggling with some sort of stress or anxiety, definitely still related to the fact that my dad had had a heart attack, but more so the fact that I was worrying that I was going to have something similar. Um, I think having my GP understand that, um, you know, he was lovely about it as well and... um, he definitely checked my physical symptoms, which I think I definitely needed because I needed his reassurance that actually my heart was working fine. Um, And once he helped me understand that it was just a normal reaction to the things that had been happening, um, I found it really helpful. Yeah, yeah, it it really is helpful. And GPs can help you make that link. Mm. Sometimes people forget the link. Yeah, Um, I can remember one woman with irritable bowel syndrome who had loads of colonoscopies Um, um, And the link was that she'd um, lost her father when she was pregnant and she couldn't grieve properly and got abdominal pain. Mm. And then every time somebody was really ill or somebody died, she got abdominal pain and had a colonoscopy. 
Yeah. Once she made the link, she didn't need a colonoscopy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So what things can we do then? What Because we need these, we need to have some strategies. We need to know what we can do once we are aware that we're stressed. There's obviously yeah. different factors within our lives that are making us feel that way, but we need tools, don't we? We, we need do. tools yeah. in our life to, to be able to deal with all of that stress. Mm. Well, the, the particular tool I'm really keen on is um, breathing mm-hmm. um, because with breathing you can get out of the flight and fight response. So what stresses do is they produce adrenaline and cortisol Mm -hmm. and the adrenaline then works on the body to get you ready to fight or flight. Um, And if you can't do either, then the symptoms carry on. So um, understanding what the adrenaline does to the breathing is that it makes you breathe more so that you've got um, more oxygen in your lungs so that you can really, really bolt for it. If you can't bolt for it, then you're decreasing your carbon dioxide. That affects your calcium, and that puts your muscles and your nerves into a state of excitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then produces some of the symptoms that you get. Mm-hmm. So we know about the sort of large muscles of your body that you can move consciously. Um, you can get tension in those muscles over joints. So if you've got a tendency to arthritis, then it will make your arthritis worse. Um, tenosynovitis will get worse. Um, But then in all of the organs of your body are little tiny muscles called smooth muscles. These all constrict. And so if you've got a weak spot, mine happens to be migraine, Mm -hmm. then you'll get spasms in um, the arteries, Mm -hmm. um, which cause the migraine. Um, But you'll also get spasms in the lungs, which can cause asthma, spasm in the gut, which can cause IBS, like Mm -hmm. the patient I talked about. Um, and spasm in your bladder, so you get irritable bladder syndrome, and all of these things people think are separate illnesses, whereas yeah. they're all related to what I call the emotional body. Uh-huh. So um, one of the big things that overbreathing does is constrict the muscles in the frontal lobes, the front part of your brain where you do your thinking and processing. And if those are constricted, you just get um, a sort of real tunnel vision thinking you can't think straight you can't judge things properly your thinking can feel quite confused that certainly happens to me yeah. if I overbreathe. um and then you can't make proper judgments about things mm-hmm. so um you tend to overreact about things and then that makes you worse you think I mustn't go and see that person so that then makes things worse and you get into a real vicious circle mm. so, so how should we be breathing then can you tell us be. how we should be breathing <laughs> Um, you should be breathing um, less than 12 times a minute. Mm-hmm. Most people go around breathing 14 to 16 times a minute. Mm-hmm. And you should be breathing a shorter breath in if you're stressed than your breath out. Mm-hmm. You need a nice long breath mm-hmm. with a little gap in between and that allows oxygen to diffuse into your lungs. Um, and the long breaths, so I usually say 7 to breathe in and 11 to breathe out. Long breath triggers a calming nerve in your body called the vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. which is really important to know about because in three breaths, you can trigger that nerve to calm you down, um, which is quite magic. Yeah, you could use that in all sorts of life events, couldn't you, before an interview or anything that might be making you Coming into a recording studio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it'll be, it's interesting because 
the breathing techniques quite often used in mindfulness meditation or definitely in yoga practice. Yeah. So is is that using the same kind of idea? It's using the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important. But for some people who don't fancy mindfulness or don't fancy yoga or Tai Chi is another yeah. one that focuses on the breath, um, then you can just do the 7-11 breathing yeah. on its own. Um, I'm aware of my breathing probably about six or seven times a day mm-hmm. and just calm myself down yeah. I'm quite an excitable sort of person. <laughs> <laughs> so you just stop yourself, stop take myself, a moment to... Take a moment and to breathe with my diaphragm, um, allow my shoulders to drop mm-hmm. and um, do seven in, hold, 11 out. Mm-hmm. And that gets you down to usually about eight a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within three breaths, you're calmer. That's brilliant. It is. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not talked about in most of the self-help. Mm. Um, it's not. People need to understand how their body works. Yeah. Um, I think that's key as well, isn't it, is the the point of acceptance and yeah. saying, actually, I'm not feeling great and finding finding some help from somewhere, yeah. whether that is going to your GP. Because um, otherwise you're not able to to use these tools if you're not even aware that you're stressed you know you're carrying on um your day-to-day life on your treadmill taking Mm. on all of these challenges um you're not you're definitely not gonna like you say stop yourself a couple of times a day to to be aware of your breathing if you're not even Mm. accepting that you're stressed so I think the first step is really just recognizing that stress Mm -hmm. within you so you can then figure out what tools and there is there's a lot of tools um I know in some training I'd done a while back, it was in one of my my last jobs, actually, we were doing some emotional resilience training and a really useful image that um, the lady that was taking that training showed us was of the stress bucket. And I quite often think about it now um, where she was saying we all have this bucket, this stress bucket that is continuously being filled with water or whatever else you might want to fill it with. Um, at some point that that bucket is going to it's going to overflow you know you can't you can't take, keep taking all of this on um so how she described it was that we need to be aware that we need to be puncturing some holes into this bucket um and quite often that is just setting some time aside and we talk about self care quite a lot don't we and that looks very different for different people for some people that might be reading a book running a bubble bath, walking the dog, whatever that might be for you, definitely we need to be aware of puncturing holes in our stress buckets so that we're releasing some of that water before we get to the point of it overflowing. And I find that really useful. I think about it quite a lot and I think, what if I'm feeling stressed, right, what can I do to puncture a hole in my stress bucket and just allowing myself that time? Yeah. And and most of all, just getting yourself calm by breathing properly mm-hmm. so that you can then think properly yeah. about all the things that are bothering you. And um, that's what I found with my patients, that they were really keen on on doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we devised this form, um, which was after one patient came in and he was actually having a panic attack after he'd had an operation um, to put a stent in because he'd got angina. And um, we calmed him down using the 7-Eleven breathing, mm-hmm. taught him how his body worked, taught him about the vagus nerve. And he just said, and I drew it all out on a piece of paper, listed across the top of the page all the stresses he's had. And um, he just looked at me and he looked at the paper and he said, that's it. I understand my body and how it works now. 
and I can go off and I can do this for myself. Mm-hmm. Don't have to rely on other people. You've got to put this into a proper form. Yeah. So that was what he did. And uh, um, he was very happy. And I've used it for probably a thousand patients. Yeah. Um, and they've all said it's been really, really helpful. I know you've shared that form with me as well. So for any listeners that are interested to see your stress flow chart, yeah. um, I will make sure that's available for any podcast listeners and I'll make sure yeah. the link's alongside yeah. our podcast link because I think it's really useful information and just it's uh, the, the visual of that as well, the visual element can, yeah. kind of does stick with people it in does. a similar way yes. the stress book it does with me. Yeah. To have, to have yeah. looked at something like that yeah. flow chart is really useful. So thank you for that. And it gets it out of your head, which yeah. is really it's not good having stress in your head. No, absolutely not. That's not where we need it. Yeah. So if we've just got time just for a couple of funny little stories, yeah. um, which I'd like to tell you. Um, I had one patient who'd got bipolar came in mm-hmm. and she'd got a, a hernia stuck and she was over-breathing frantically. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't push the hernia back until we calmed her down, um, which we did. Mm-hmm. And with a 7-Eleven breathing. Yeah. And she lay there completely relaxed. And she said, Dr. Young, I think you've cured my bipolar as well as my hernia. <laughs> and her son who was with her said, well, you've controlled my panic as well because I was really worried about mum. Yeah. This is brilliant. Yeah. So it's just all those little tiny bits of life, you know. Bipolar mm. is about people being sensitive and reacting. Yeah. Um, so wouldn't it be great if... All people with bipolar learnt how to breathe. Yeah, um, something so simple something but so, so useful. Simple. Yeah. yeah. And then um, as a practice, we did a menopause evening, and which is a really important topic mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, and I did the mental health of the menopause and looking at all the pressures of being um, elderly parents to care for, children with grandchildren to care for, and how this affected the body. Um and the women in the room were all nodding, saying, yes, this is really good. And then one woman said, do you think my doctor will understand how my body works? <laughs> and I really laughed inside because I thought, well, this is what doctors are supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of them don't understand about mm. how the, the details of what the overbreathing does. Yeah. So if I was, if you were my doctor, Anisha, and I was in your surgery right now and I was saying, I just cannot cope with life anymore. I've got this going on, this going on, this going on, and I I just can't deal with it anymore. Mm. Um, How how would you be responding to me? How would I respond to you? Yeah. First of all, I'd write all the things that you'd you'd said down Mm -hmm. um, on the top of a piece of paper and um, ask for more things because it's really important to hear every single stress Mm get those out because quite often it's not the big things it's, it's all the, the little things, things. it's yeah. the little things like what somebody said to you over breakfast yeah um and then i draw it down to adrenaline and the cortisol mm-hmm. there's a cortisol which we haven't covered yet is really important because mm-hmm. that suppresses your immune system mm-hmm. um and then list all the symptoms you've got every single one so you understand how it fits together mm-hmm. and then help you understand how breathing controls it all mm-hmm. And then how um, your thinking has been affected. So you can work out with problem solving which mm. of the problems you need to solve right now, yeah. which may take a little while to do. Um, and gradually get your thinking head back on mm. by doing the breathing. And then on the form, there's a whole list of things you can do which help um, with problem solving, mm-hmm. um, like deciding not to decide about something big. 
Yeah. Because it's too much to decide at the moment with everything else going on. Um, That's really interesting, isn't it? Actually just pressing pause on a few of your problems might just be the solution you need right now. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly getting them all out of your head before bedtime, mm. like the stress bucket's brilliant. Yeah. I use a beer mug in a similar way. Yeah. Just put all my stresses and get worried that it's all going to froth over. Yeah. Um, so I get stressed too. Mm. You know, it's, everybody does. I find writing things down really therapeutic in, in a lot of areas of my life, whether I even sometimes just write creatively just for me. Mm. Um, but definitely journaling helps me when I'm having stressful periods of my life um and just almost keeping a little diary and writing down what I've been doing within the day what I need to do possibly but just the act of writing it down I don't know if that's maybe subconsciously because I'm slowing down and stopping to spend the time doing that Mm -hmm. but either way it definitely helps me to just slow down and take note yeah it does does me too Mm. yeah and it's I think it's just getting it out of your head Mm. And onto a piece of paper where you can think about it yeah. rather than it being in, in your head and confusing the thinking. And also you're kind of taking control in a, in a, in a way, aren't you? You're, mm. The fact that you've put in the time aside to yeah. write it down, you've taken control of all those things that are in your head and they're now on the paper and now you're in yeah. control of it all. <laughs> yes. And when you give things names, yeah. one of the things that happens in your brain is you produce endorphins, which mm-hmm. are nature's painkillers. Mm-hmm. So... That part of the process is really important yeah. too for a different reason. Interesting. I do find it really fascinating, the science behind it, I suppose, and how stress is affecting our bodies physically. Um, and I hope that it's really helpful for our listeners as well. Um, so if people are listening and perhaps feeling the stress, um, what? how would we sum it up? How would we say we can deal with that at home? So the most important thing, I think, is is the breathing because mm-hmm. that gets you into a calmer state, usually, from which you can think better about yeah. how your problems are. Um, and then to list out all your problems, list out all your symptoms so that you've got a really good overview of how your body's working and how your life is working. Yeah. And then there's so much more I could say yeah. about endorphins, natural painkillers, oxytocin, and dopamine and other happy hormones, yeah, um, which people could use. But I think you've probably got enough for today. Yeah, I think as well. What's important is to to reach out to other people. And you know, if you, ha- I always stick by a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. Um, so you know, phone somebody you love, and even if you have a good rant on the phone to them, I find that helpful. To be yeah. honest, so um, yeah, give someone give someone a ring and yeah. And share your problems out. Yeah. Um, I definitely think, especially at the minute, some some human connection is very much needed. So um, yeah. a, a phone call to someone that cares about you and tell them about all your problems is definitely helpful. Yeah. Um, at the same time as well, as as always, you, you can reach out to We Can. Um, you can contact us via our Facebook page. We've also got our telephone line. Um, all those details are listed alongside our podcast. So I'm happy to hear from anybody, whether you're feeling stressed or however you're feeling, really, definitely. I always advise to reach out and tell people about that. So whatever you're feeling, don't be afraid to, to share that. Sharing is one of the most important things. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much for sharing this afternoon with me, Venetia. Well, thank you for inviting me. No, it's been great. Thank you very much. <laughs>